0: Hey, it's Beth here, episode 502. Okay, uh, before I get into Napoleon, I have to say that, um, oh my gosh, the other movie that I saw, oh my gosh, what's it called again? Um, ah, ah, The Burn, the, the, oh my goodness, okay, I've got to stop, okay, Saltburn. okay, Salt Burn, that movie, I needed to see it twice. Plus, I was in a bad mood the first time I saw it, which actually impacted what I thought about the movie. Read a bunch of reviews. One said, don't bring your brain to watch it. Just bring your heart. Just bring your eyes. It's very beautiful. And I did think that. So, it was lush. The story still didn't make complete sense. But I missed a lot, including I didn't know that he had killed the sister. I didn't know that. When she was in the tub, I thought she committed suicide. So, there were all these... This this emerald fennel is just too quick. Uh, Just too inside. Um, All these asides, all these words that are spoken too quickly. And I'm sure if I had a British accent and I was aristocratic, I would get it. But... Or go to Cambridge or something. So, anyway. It's worth a look. Definitely... You know and it just it's kind of got icky parts but it's also really beautifully filmed so uh, anyway never gonna see a movie in a bad mood again yesterday I saw Napoleon finally and it was complicated because I think I'm a woman and I was much more interested in he and Josephine and not the battles they made such a big deal out of it about how she was in, how she controlled him and was was the wind beneath his sail and without her he was nothing, that I had to look up their whole relationship. And it was true. They did meet at a party. She did say, when she said, what is your name? She said, I think my life has changed forever. All that really did happen. She was an aristocrat, sort of. She came from Martinique, um, an impoverished aristocrat family. She married an officer. He abused her, partly because she had a Creole accent. So when she met Napoleon, they were both sort of outcasts, not raised in Paris. And so they they connected on that level. And his family absolutely despised her, never wanted them to marry. she was too old and um, too slovenly is what the mother said and so um, they eloped they went to a civil ceremony and they both lied about their age she dropped four years and he added 18 months to make himself 26 years old he did rely on her a lot he Fritz Sigmund Freud did a big paper on their relationship and he said that he renamed her Josephine. He gave her that nickname. And Freud said it was psychoanalytically a huge move of value because he transferred in part the tender feelings he had for his older brother into Josephine. She was older, his older brother was older, and he transferred all the power that Joseph had over him. And she made the most of it. She came from an abusive first marriage. And um, she, she finally left him. She finally got a divorce. Everybody agreed when she was black and blue and almost killed. She went back to Martinique where her family was. Felt safe with her two children. No, she went with one child. Now this is the mystery. And she came back to Paris with two children. And no one can understand how she had that other child. And she never spoke of it. She left Martinique because there was a huge uprising and she was almost killed. So then she comes back to France, to the reign of terror, and she's imprisoned. Her Her husband, who did take, ex-husband, who was paying alimony to her, was taken into custody and beheaded because she was taking alimony from her first husband, divorced husband. She was imprisoned and she was going to go to the guillotine too, but she was part of that great escape and like 4,200 escapees um, ran out of that jail and she was one of them. And they had these parties that were for people who survived. Those 4,200 were feted by people who, who for some reason weren't um, in trouble with the, you know, this reign of terror. And at these parties they would give them every single thing they could and they would put red ribbons around their neck where where they would have been beheaded and she was one of them and Napoleon was at this party and he met her and he fell in love with her and um, she said I will give you all the power that you need to remain calm and to do every single thing you want to do and he believed in her he really did he said He said when they fell in love, he would write her all these letters that were actually sold. One of them said, I am going to bed. When When he was away from her for one minute, letters would flood in. He wrote to her every single day, no matter where his campaign went, even when he was in Egypt, wherever he was. He wrote to her and he'd write things like, I am going to bed with my heart full of your adorable image. To live within Josephine is to live within the Elysian fields kisses on your mouth, your eyes, your breasts everywhere, everywhere. You are my little black forest." I mean, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to say at the end, but that's how he felt about her. And then one time he came home from his travails. I mean, worshipped by everyone in the country. Actually, in the movie, they do not also show the great wealth that came to France, the great power, what he did for the country, for their, for their image of themselves none of that is in the movie. It's kind of sad. But anyway, during that period, he is the biggest thing on earth. And he can't get a hold of her. He writes her and writes her. She doesn't write back. He finally goes to Milan. So he writes in a letter to her. I arrived in Milan. I rushed to your apartment. I left everything to see you, to hug you. You weren't there. You run cities with parties. You move away from me when I arrive. You no longer care about your dear Napoleon. A whim made you love me. Inconsistency makes you indifferent, accustomed to dangers. I know the remedy for the troubles and evils of life. The unhappiness I experience is incalculable. Without you, I had the right not to count on it, but I counted on it. I will be here until the ninth. Do not bother. Run pleasures, happiness is for you, the whole world is too happy if you like it, and your husband your your husband who loves you, is very much alone. She said that she just was very indifferent towards him she didn't feel any great love for him she didn't she didn't want him touching her she married him for his money she says that to her friends she said she was indifferent and She couldn't get over nothing she could take. She tried to take all kinds of aphrodisiacs like um, oysters. She could not get the, the womanly feelings she wanted. She felt detached from him every single minute in the bedroom. She said he's definitely the best husband I could ever have. But she said she just didn't want him, didn't want anything but his tender friendship. She didn't want his hands caressing her. She had lovers. I mean, this woman, this is such an interesting story. It's so much bigger than his battles. I mean, and we didn't even get into, except for the first battle, which made him famous. We didn't get into his strategies. So, it was like, the movie was, um, it ran the gamut of emotion from A to B. It, it just touched on some very serious things. Like, Um, the way France changed under his leadership that they had an emperor who ruled the world for once they were powerful feared people their enemies feared them for once and he was a great strategist I didn't see that and then this marriage it just it just goes on and on and then she couldn't have a child and there's all kinds of reasons for that nobody's quite sure what that was all about but um he tried and tried and tried and so uh, finally they had to get a divorce so we could marry this you know royal this daughter of royalty in Austria and they had a boy and that was important so what happened after that was she she got a million dollars in a beautiful palace Maymasen and um, it had a garden and she she imported kangaroos and emus and one of her problems in the marriage was that she loved to spend money and on very important things. Like she collected Titians, paintings, and da Vinci's, everything that she could get her hands on, she, she took. And so she died in 1814. And they, in this movie, they act like they'd just seen each other or they were really close. And towards the end, they weren't. But when he died, she was, the last thing he said was her name. So it just, I would have liked the story of them. Plus the woman who played Josephine was great. It could have been such a good story. Just don't tease me with little tidbits of an amazing story, Napoleon. Okay, so Napoleon, that synthesis of monster and Superman. That's what Frederick Nietzsche said in 1887. Napoleon, that synthesis of Monster and Superman. I didn't see any of that. I mean, tell me, make two movies. Make the war movie. Show me his strategies. Show me who he's talking to. Show me how it's done. And then make another movie with the two of them. You've got the actor and the actress to do it. You've got the clothes. You've got the rooms. You've got everything. Take me inside. What is happening? It's just all these broad strokes Ugh. and I was in a good mood so this is not because I was in a bad mood but they had the essence of two great stories the first one the war I don't care about I mean I I know strategy is important and all that but I wouldn't have really understood it the second one I would, I would have watched it five times what a story of power and then they've got the scene in it that isn't true where she's they're doing their divorce decree and she's saying she speaks to him and she can't finish it because she gets choked up and he slaps her and I've read millions of things by all these authorities you know historians he never slapped her she wouldn't have accepted that she would have slapped him back or that's the character you showed me in this movie so I'm like what so anyway just just figure out what story you want to tell and tell it next time. And Ridley Scott probably should have done the war story. Get me some other director who can do nuance and get deep into the heart of it. And then tell me that other story. So do, you th- do I think you should see it on the big screen? I don't know why. I mean the war campaigns weren't even really well explained. And I heard that from guys on the way out. So it's not It didn't hit the mark, because it was trying to hit two marks. Still a great movie, still a great um, try. It was, it was David Lean, huge. Which I appreciate when I'm spending money and I'm getting dressed up to go somewhere. I appreciate a movie where you have thousands of extras trying very hard. And it didn't feel CGI, it actually felt like I was there. So in that regard, it was great. But next time, tell me what Josephine's really feeling. And I'll be grateful. That's all I've got. And I'll be back. I guess the blue hairs. I'm blue hair. You're a blue hair. Hollywood hates blue hairs. That's what we are. I think we like movies that go deep into a story. Telling people. Think about the movies we watched in the 70s. Deep into the heart of it. Let me see what's inside the underwear drawer. Tell me what's happening. Let me know. Next time, do it right, I'll be back.